Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. You're listening to episode 61 of Hack to Start. This episode features Andrew Hyde, the founder of Startup Weekend. Tyler and I wanted to invite Andrew onto the show to share his story and insights as an entrepreneur and startup leader. Andrew started Startup Weekend after he realized that people in his community didn't really know each other. He's since launched several other startup initiatives and now is leading Startup Week at Techstars. This is going to be an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. So we'd like to start things off by getting to know a bit about yourself. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop? So I grew up in rural Oregon, um, a little town called Sisters. Um, and that, we moved to that. It was a town of 900. We moved to that from an even smaller town. Um, I went to school and graduated um, college when I was 20, back east. went to school in Providence, Rhode Island. And then I moved out to Boulder, Colorado, really never having learned what a startup was and never really understanding what entrepreneurship was. And so I, through Boulder's kind of entrepreneurial spirit, discovered what entrepreneurship was. That's really cool. So you've done a ton of work with startups and specifically in community building through many organizations, some of which we'll chat about a little bit later on in the episode. But generally, how do you approach community development? I think you have to have a style yourself. So you have to attend a lot of events to plan an event that you want to go to. So, you know, you have to be a student and see what 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 great events are and what makes them you know, interesting to you. And then you have to kind of go put your stamp on the world with an event. It's really a style play for me. So what are three things you think others who are trying to build communities don't know or don't spend enough time on? I think a lot of people don't quite know what their goals are. So if they're building a community around entrepreneurship, you know, you should know what you want out of it. You know, be really honest with yourself about that. I think a lot of people think that they have to volunteer. They have to have this like perfectly clean intent for their event to be successful. And a lot of communities, you do need that. But a lot of people will just kind of go down this road of like, how much can I give? And then at a certain point, you know, they're, they're not building an event that's really doing them any, any service. Um, and so there's this like funny road of, you know, do I just want to do this because I want to be intellectually interested in my life and give back? Or do I want to do this because I really want to learn how to do this? Um, do I want to put on an event because I want the experience because I think that'll get me a better job? You know, just be honest with yourself about that. I think people really, really don't um, think about that before doing events. So speaking about, you know, your style on, on events and, and what you want to get out of events, uh, you're actually the founder of Startup Weekend Movement. I, I'm going to call it a movement. It's, it's pretty big. <laughs> so uh, what is Startup Weekend and what really motivated you to start it and what did you want to get out of it? Yeah, so Startup Weekend, um, you should go to one if you're listening to this. It's fundamentally changed my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hopefully well yours. They're, they're so much fun. Yeah, um, I think it's. I think I heard 154 countries now. So if you're listening That's to crazy. this, there's probably one in 30 minutes of you. Um, it's an entrepreneurial experience. So we, we get together as strangers as a community on Friday, and we pitch ideas, and then we work on them throughout the week. And, and on Sunday night, we pitch them and actually try to launch companies out of it. 
Um, so that's the basic of Startup Weekend. Now, really, it's it's a community event. So I want you to know other people in your community that are in the same you know same uh, general area of entrepreneurship than you are. Early stage, experimenting, really trying to be intellectually interested in what they're doing. Um, so it, it started in Boulder. Um, I was working out of um, Techstars. I was the first non-founding employee of Techstars. And I was wondering why I was the one that was introducing everybody. You know, like I, I knew a usability person. I knew a designer. I knew a developer. I knew. And I was helping out all the teams. But I was also having this big question of why, why do I know people and why do the teams not know each other? And the answer was is that a lot of times people don't work together, right? Like we don't have side projects that we work with 20 people. And I don't know five marketers in town that are quality. So let's give each other an excuse to just kind of put down our emails, put down our phones for the weekend and just focus on something new. And whether that goes somewhere, it doesn't really matter. But meeting people and having those relationships develop really, really matters. That's awesome. So you mentioned that, you know, the first couple of events happened uh, out of Boulder. So how did you approach, you know, growth beyond these first couple of events? And, and, and just how did you actually get the word out about the first, you know, couple and that, to the point that it would catch on and grow beyond Boulder? Yeah, so we had 82 people showed up to Boulder. And of those 82 people, you know, it's kind of a who's who list of people in Boulder that, that really still mean a lot to the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, so I was really lucky in that a lot of amazing people showed up to the first one. Um, TechCrunch wrote an article about it. And this was back in the day where TechCrunch wrote one or two articles a day. This is 2007. And so we had the Sunday night to Monday at noon, you know, like prime article and man i got so many emails from people that just it was so refreshing and the intent was so pure that they wanted to do it in their city and i was young and, and naive and, and hungry and i just wanted it to succeed so i basically said yes to every single person um that asked to do a startup weekend in their, their community and then i just bought plane tickets and i was like well this will be a fun experience and so i went around every weekend i would go to a startup weekend somewhere in the world um at the time i'd never been out of the country and at the time i you know i'd run one company but i really didn't have a ton of experience and so it was just a super fun journey of going to new york going to boston going to london going to toronto going to uh, west lafayette going to san francisco and meeting the entrepreneurial communities um at a very young stage. I mean, in 2007, we were still kind of coming out of the Great Recession or kind of in the middle of it um, and just got to ride that wave and, and grow it. Yeah, the whole thing we grew via one-on-one -on -one emails. You know, people reached out, I responded, we started the relationship and we started growing and, and building something big. That's awesome. That's that's super cool to hear. And, and so, uh, I mean, as you started to grow it and, and people would reach out to you guys and like, so how do you guys actually, yeah, you know, what sort of process did you wrap around Startup Weekend? I mean, was it perfect the first time around? You'd kind of mentioned a little bit about, you know, hesitating, waiting for things to be perfect. What was the first Startup Weekend like? And like, what was the evolutionary process um, to, to, I guess, you know, where you guys are today? It's, it's, it's strikingly similar. Um, there's a couple things that are, are very different, but most of it is, is is exactly the same. You still get together, you pitch on Friday. Um, the original ones, we all worked on one idea. So it was very important that we all kind of work together as a community to build one thing. Now there's 10 companies per startup weekend that come out of it at least. And so that's, that's one of the biggest differences. Another thing is that we have um, kind of awards, so everybody kind of is competing against each other. So doing, you know, doing your research and finding best practices and, and listening to people that, that have been through it is much more important now because you're really trying to, to be the best on love the weekend. Where in the day, it's just kind of more of a community building exercise and everybody realized that this wasn't really a thing. And now it's like people are doing customer development and actually building products and having customers by the end of the weekend. So very funny little change. 
Yeah, for sure. And there's been tons of really cool companies that have come out of those weekends. Um, you know, I, I know Branch comes to mind. They got acquired by Facebook. Uh, and I know there's a couple more. Um, so it's, it's, it's been really, really cool. From, from like a marketing and distribution perspective, what, what has been the most kind of effective way to get people to come out to a startup weekend um, that, that you guys have used in, in different cities kind of around the U.S. and around the world? Yeah, I think if I were to just point you to one author, Richard Florida wrote some academic um, papers on the creative class. That's a term he coined. Mm-hmm. And it's really about, you know, the entrepreneurs of the community, artists uh, and why, you know, what do they value? And I, I read that book in college and I reread it right before I started Startup Weekend. But one of the big things that still sticks with me is that the people that are in the creative class value over work conditions and over pay. They value a challenge and they value being empowered. And so what do we do at Startup Weekend? We don't talk about pay and we don't. Um, we empower you and, and give you a challenge. Um, so we kind of accidentally fell perfectly in line with what our the goals of our community were. They really wanted to be intellectually interested in control of their own destiny. And we're giving them this like weekend ability to do that, um, even if it's just pretend. Um, but we're, you know, we're challenging them. And it's it's all about um, how you kick ass. And I'm a firm, still a firm lover and believer of Kathy Sierra. Um, she wrote some of the best best technical books out there. Um, but it's all about how you can make your user kick ass. And so come to Startup Weekend and you're going to learn a lot. It might be a life-changing experience for you. It generally is. So that's pretty easy to sell um, to people. If you have really quality events in the past, people are going to come to your future events. Cool. Yeah, that's some good insight. And that's a good uh, that's a good book. I've uh, also read uh, Richard Florida's The Creative Class in, in I think it was university the first time. Um, so Startup yeah. Weekend has a lot of really awesome partners. Um, how did you guys approach them as you were growing and convince them to work with Startup Weekend and help support what you guys were doing and, and really turn it into a movement? It was a lot of meetings. Um, <laughs> it, it's a very funny thing because if you're really early, nobody really takes you seriously. And so you have to say like, you know, hey, we did 10 events last weekend. And, you know, if we had a salary for everybody, we could do 20 events every weekend. And they're like, oh, cool. Well, why don't you come back to us when you have 20 events? And so we work our butts off. And then when we have 20 events, we say, okay, we have 20 events. And like, yeah, we want to make sure it's not a fad. We want, Can you do 30 events a weekend? So we go work our butts off and we do 30 events. And then they, oh, well. So it was just this very funny, you know, just dance of getting no's from everybody. But, you know, I mean, that I didn't build a, a business to kind of get sponsorship. I built a business to really connect with you know the early stage entrepreneurs. And so we did that really well. I failed miserably at getting sponsorships. Um, it wasn't until it kind of transferred into a nonprofit and Mark and Clint took over were they able to land sponsorships that were national and meaningful. So what's the most important lesson about startups you've learned over the past few years? I mean, it's going to sound cliche, but it's all about the people. I mean, if we think about five years ago, what your favorite website was, there's probably not a single employee that works at that company anymore. You know, it's just everybody's kind of fluid and what it changes so quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. But you have to have just amazing ethics and you have to kind of have a give first attitude and then everything else kind of falls into place. Um, There are people that want to win at all costs and it's really fun watching them and it's really fun watching them do that. That's not my style. That's not the world I love. Um, So it's not who I generally hang out with and, and admire. But that's part of our game. And there's a lot of complex people that, that play in this arena. And it's it's fun to just try to understand and empathize and, and love everybody that's in here. And they're trying to do what they think is right. 
it's a long way of, of answering that question, but I think you just have to realize you're part of a big, big movement and there's a lot of complex people that are raised in a lot of different backgrounds. I think that's awesome. That's some really good advice. Do you have any hilarious or unbelievable stories that you'd be able to share with us about either Startup Weekend or just your experience as an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's really funny. I mean, we haven't talked about Techstars um, yet. So Techstars just acquired UpGlobal, which is a nonprofit that um, Startup Weekend, Startup Week, Startup Digest, and Startup Next were. And so I was the first employee of Techstars. I left to go traveling and, and sold Startup Weekend or turned it in, into a nonprofit and, and had other people take it over. So these are two companies that you know were, were born together that I both kind of left to go travel and experience life and kind of grow myself. I came back to UpGlobal a year and a half ago, and then we were just purchased by Techstars. So now everything is back together. And, and that's kind of a very funny personal history as far as, you know, I work at a place that bought the place that I started um, <laughs> where I was the first employee. So that's that's really funny to me. Um, I think it's really funny. I mean, there's, there's a couple people right now that are traveling the world that every weekend they go to a startup weekend somewhere. Really? That's and awesome. Super cool. Like, what a great way of tourism, that's right? It's just to go... I mean, being a facilitator for Startup Weekend is one of the best hacks of entrepreneurship right now. You know, go go to a Startup Weekend, get to know the facilitator, really want to volunteer some time, and then you can basically go anywhere in the world and help out the entrepreneurial community. So if you want to travel, if you want to, um, you know, kind of give back in a broader way and get to experience and get to meet people, um, being a facilitator for Startup Weekend is just fantastic. I think it's an amazing Amazing experience. So as you mentioned, you also founded Up Global and its pillar event, Startup Week. So what motivated you to start this organization? So when I when Startup Weekend turned it into a nonprofit, its name was Startup Weekend. When it started buying other movements or kind of acquiring other movements, it had to change its name. So Startup Weekend became Up Global. I had no part in that, um, except for I started Startup Weekend. And then I'd started Startup Week as well. And uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, Startup Week um, kind of had a partnership opportunity with J.P. Morgan Chase, and they kind of brought me out of traveling or out of retirement to really push that forward. Um, myself and Matt Heltz work closely with, you know, running, or we do run Startup Week, um, which is a really, you know, so Startup Weekend is about creation. Startup Week is about celebration. So let's take an entrepreneurial community like Boulder or San Francisco or wherever you're listening, um, and let's give a conference that's the perfect entrepreneurial conference. So let's have the venues be places where we like to hang out instead of a hotel ballroom. Let's have, you know, let's do the events at coffee shops. Let's do the events at, at startup offices. Let's make sure that there is um, really great content that's given by entrepreneurs, not service providers, not people trying to sell the community on anything. Let's just actually give back. Let's actually challenge our, our neighbors and our other startups to share what they learned. Let's instill outstanding ethics from the top in our entrepreneurial community, which is something that Boulder has done remarkably well, and I think other communities should really follow. Um, so that's Startup Week, um, and we, you know, it's a fun event. You know, plain and simple. That's it's just it's a fun event. Um, we have startup weeks happening in sixty cities around the world right now. Um, and next year our goal is to have one hundred and twenty. Um, so you can email me and we can get your city going. But it's you know, how do we get the perfect entrepreneurial conference? You know, the damn good time to visit Boulder, the damn good time to visit your city, um, and invite other entrepreneurs to come and hopefully move their companies. So that's Startup Week. That's awesome. Is is which Canadian cities will be taking part in Startup Week? <clears throat> Let's see, um, Toronto, Vancouver. Um, we have, I think we have nine cities. Wow. That's amazing. Um, I have to that up. Newfoundland, um, is doing one. Um, yeah. I mean, Canada is really, your entrepreneurial community is incredibly connected, which is fun. Mm -hmm. um, fun to see. So. so again, as you mentioned earlier, 
Up Global recently acquired by Techstars, and it was a place where you started your career. So what was the acquisition like from going from leaving Techstars, building your company, and then essentially selling it back to Techstars? Yeah. So it was, I mean, Up Global, you know, when I when I left um, and Mark and Clint and Frank took it over, you know, it was it was a you know it was a ragged team of volunteers that ran ran the organization, um, and they grew it um, massively um, to I think at peak was seventy two employees. Um, so they did a remarkable job of building community around the world. Um, Techstars recently purchased um, Up Global, so Up became a for profit as part of Techstars, or all the assets did, um, which is a lot of lawyers involved with that. Um, but it's it's really our missions are the same. You know, we love empowering entrepreneurs. Um, Techstars has a give first mentality. They're founder focused. Um, every you know every decision they make is how do we make the founders' lives better. Um, they're really focused on, on on founders and you know Techstars or sorry Startup Weekend and Startup Week and Startup Digest, Startup Next. We just love everybody should have the opportunity to experience entrepreneurship. And so our cultures align 80, 80 to ninety percent day one. And so it's been amazing. It's, I think, three weeks old now. Um, it's been an amazing transition, and, and we've hit the ground running. Um, but yeah, super, super impressed with Techstars as far as how they've grown as well. So when I left Techstars, or I started, I was the first employee. There's the four founders and me. And then I left, and there's, I think, 22 employees. And then I came back in with the acquisition. I think we're at 123. So it's really funny just being a part of a bigger movement and having it almost be the same in, in how our ethics are and how what we care about. You know, my day to day is very, very similar than what it was six or seven years ago. Much different actions, but much mm-hmm. the, the same. So, speaking about day to day activity at TechStars, what was the experience um, that you had on the early days, and what was your job within TechStars? Yeah, I was. I mean, you know, being one of the first, if the first. I mean, as a proper startup, you should never really know who your first employee is. You know, like there's six people helping out, and there's two people that are on payroll from this other thing, and they're just, you know. So I think I'm the first. I think that's pretty agreed upon. I would say I'm the first. Um, and you do everything, right? Like I was taking out the trash. I was welcoming people at the door. I was a receptionist. I was the scheduler. I was the you know the, the speaker liaison. I was helping out companies with design. I was you know writing copy for some companies. I was helping recruit mentors. Um, you know it was just the wild west of a company, mm-hmm. and it was so much fun. Oh, so much fun. And then now you know then when I left, there was 20 people. Or 22 people so it was a very funny thing to kind of having like i am the you know i'm the person that sits near the front door and when people knock at it i answer it oh uh, we hired somebody to do that okay well i'm the <laughs> the designer for the company i oh, well, hired somebody to do that okay well now i'm the so it's just all about reinventing and, and really learning kind of what you're at you know what you're what you're skilled at and then learning new things when they come up yeah, for sure. That, that's awesome. And that's one of the things that I love most about, about startups is that continual reinvention and just, you know, doing everything and, and it, it's tons of fun. And now what I do is, is very laser focused, right? I work on Startup Week. I, I just, all I do is have, have conversations with community leaders around the world about you should do a Startup Week in your city and here's why and here's how we can help. So, you know, now I don't answer the door. I don't, you know, do anything besides have, you know, phone calls with entrepreneurs. Um, which is super fun, you know, and it's it's completely different, but it's you know much in line with how to be effective. Yeah, for sure. And and so that I mean that that sounds that sounds like an awesome job being able to talk to you know a bunch of founders and and you, earlier you mentioned that you know you got to go around to different cities and just do a different startup weekend every weekend. So you know, given given that exposure, I guess to kind of startups and and entrepreneurs, where do you see the biggest opportunities right now? And are there any technologies or industries that that you know you're really passionate about? 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, Eric Reese, Lean Startup, kind of revolutionized the game um, from when we started, you know, when I started in tech to now. I mean, that's probably been the biggest player in how people work. Um, I think if, if you're working with somebody that's not, you know, working on the Lean framework or knows what it is and isn't talking to customers right now, you're pretty far behind. I don't know if I really have any specific, I, I always loved asking this question as an interviewer, um, but I don't know if I really have any favorites. Just I'm so inspired by what I'm seeing and I love being surprised. Um, there's a company in Boulder that I'm about to go over to their warehouse to check it out um, called Shinesty. And Shinesty, they just sell like overly jingoistic clothing and like neon ski suits and just like outrageous stuff. And they started out just as, as CU students um, going to thrift shops and, and finding kind of crazy things and then selling them online and marketing them correctly. And then they started producing their own stuff. So today they launched a, uh, a short-sleeved with shorts suit um, <laughs> that looks like an American flag. And it's atrocious. And it has like this viscerally <laughs> negative response from when I see it. And it's just amazing. It is absolutely amazing to watch this company you know, be like, hey, we found this really tight niche and it is super fun to market. And like, they're all about, you know, shotgunning beers and photo shoots. You know, like that's what they do. They have mullets. They have sweatpants. They have, I mean, it's just, it's outrageous. And they're making a living and they're employing people and they're having fun every day. And it's just like, all right, that's awesome. Would I ever <laughs> thought I would have said that about a clothing startup in Boulder, Colorado, you know, even a month ago? Probably not. So you can be surprised and you can be profitable in everything you do. Um, I love people that have terrible ideas that make them profitable. That's my absolute favorite entrepreneurial thing. And it's also my favorite joke about entrepreneurship is what do you call it? A, a terrible idea with traction? Gloating. So you have these companies that just just will kill on things that you thought were terrible ideas. And I think that you know if you look back at Airbnb and Uber and everything, there's a lot of people that instantly saw that and thought that'll be a failure. Um, and then they grew to be these unbelievable life-changing things for our, us as consumers. So it's just, it's still the wild west. It still feels that way. It's a good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. So what apps, devices, or tools are you currently using right now? And are there any books that you currently are reading or would recommend to others? All right. So apps, let's go down the list here. Put my phone out. There's, there's something called Stellar, which I'm really impressed with. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think it's oh, S-T-E-L-L-E. And it's kind of like multi-page Instagram. It's how do you tell a story, not just a picture. So I went on a camping trip and here's what it was like, you know, throughout the process. I really, I think there's just a lot of amazing storytellers on it. I think that's really interesting. I don't know if it's worldwide or even available in Canada, but um, Robinhood, which is stock trading um, that you can do via your phone. Yeah, um, not, I think that's not, not yet in Canada. I think, I think they do okay. the US for sure. And I think they had the, the UK as well. Could be wrong. Gotcha. Yeah, so I think that's a really, really interesting app. I use Hipstamatic, which is hilarious. I still use Hipstamatic um, and Instagram and kind of the, the classics, if you will, of Facebook, Twitter, um, Mailplane. It's really funny that I use apps every day, but I don't know an entrepreneur that's making a living or employing a staff with an app. I, it's the same thing with Google AdWords. I know so many people that use AdWords. I don't know a single one that's actually using them profitably. So how do you, you know, you have these things that are a big part of our day, but we don't actually know anybody that's really churning or making a lot of money with them. I think that's really funny. And, and are there any uh, books that uh, you'd uh, recommend or have read recently? Books. I love Brad Feld's answer to this question, which is um, uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And people say, why? Is that an entrepreneurial book at all? He's like, no, it's just a really fucking good book. <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite book is called Monkey Wrench Gang. It's written by an author named Edward Abbey. 
Um, I highly recommend everybody reads it. It's just kind of about muckrakers traveling around the American Southwest, which is my favorite place in the world. I just bought uh, Baratunde Thurston's book, How to Be Black, um, which went on sale recently. And I finally, I've heard about it and I've read it. I know Baratunde, so um, I picked that one up. Um, a couple others. I'm halfway through the Game of Thrones um, books and some other, you know, I'm always kind of reading. Um, a couple years ago, I started doing a book a week. And now I think I'm down to like a book every two weeks or every three weeks. But I think reading is a really important part of being an entrepreneur and being kind of a citizen. It's just kind of giving yourself some time to to think with somebody else and to kind of be led through a process. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. So do you have any uh, last thoughts or, or personal models that you live by and you think others should, uh, should know about? I mean, I've lucked out a lot. A lot, right? Like I've been to what, 52 countries, mostly paid for by a company I started. I've been lucky a lot. I'm living exactly the life that I, I dreamed about trying to live and not really realizing that it was attainable. And I think it goes down to one thing, which is just putting yourself in a position to say yes. So be frugal with your money, balance your budget, you know, know exactly what you can and can't do. And when an opportunity comes up, be in that position where you can say, yeah, I can totally you know, help you out with that project. I mean, if I look at my career and I look at, you know, the breaks I've had, it's been because I've just been willing to, to work Friday night on somebody else's project. And, you know, why am I able to do that? So like, well, I had my finances in order and I had, you know, I went to a college where I didn't rack up a ton of student debt you know i had a, a good amount but not, not an insane amount um and so then you know i'm there to be able to help friends out so when somebody says i need help my business is going under can you volunteer i've always been able to say yes to that and i think that's one of the most empowering and, and wonderful things about about working in tech and being an entrepreneur if you know how to do all these things for yourself you can also do them for other people and when you're doing them for other people you can learn and not you know learn more and make your projects better from them there's a dude ranch that I helped save in northern Colorado where I you know, got to manage a, a pretty big ad budget. And I got to teach myself every ins and outs of all these new ad platforms. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I'd been burned out at my work or burned at my day job. So I think just put yourself in the position to say yes is the best advice I can give somebody. Um, and read a lot. That's the second best advice I could give, I think. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. huge insight. That's, that's awesome. So thanks so much uh, for taking the time to speak with us today, Andrew. It was uh, great, great to have you on the show. It was an amazing episode. Thanks so much. Um, and I hope to uh, see you guys at a startup week or startup weekend around the world somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny with who's listening and who's you know in the room here. I'm kind of right next to the Techstars Boulder class. And so there's 70 entrepreneurs, one room over, that are, you know, kind of having this fundamental life experience. And they're they're trying to make, you know, put their their company out there. They're trying to launch. And that's just such a fun part of being an entrepreneur and being in this world is that you can launch and you can help others do that. It's a, it's a community game at the end of it. That's awesome. So thanks for, for having me. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening and see you next time.